What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Four Verts podcast. Uh, this episode, we're going to recap the week three football games, uh, which I guess for this podcast is only two because our teams played each other. Uh, but anyways, thank you for tuning in. Let's get it. I guess the first four verts rivalry weekend uh, is over. The second one being, you know, actual rivalry weekend at the end of the season. Um, you know, the games ended. You know, the final result, wins or losses, was about how we expected. But uh, you know, the whole game, the whole game didn't necessarily go that way. But which one do y'all want to talk about? Which it's one y'all want to talk about first? It's up to y'all. Whatever y'all want to do. We'll go. We'll go into the the game that went. Actually, how it was supposed to. Um, Georgia, South Carolina. Um, you know, South Carolina drops drops the game forty to thirteen. I predicted thirty eight ten, which is pretty close. Um, so pat on my back for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the game pretty much went about how you would have expected it to. Um, you know, I guess getting in, getting into the game, Sherrod Green, starting linebacker, uh, starting Mike linebacker for us, goes down on the second play of the game. Um, I think he broke his tibia. Uh, Shane Beamer didn't really come out with, with what his injury was, but he's probably going to be out for the season. Uh, and then Zeb Nolan was also stepped on. His hand was stepped on on the first drive of the game. Um, apparently, he had a significant cut on it and lost feeling in it. Um, so... You know, there are two, two quick injuries to start the game. Um, but, you know, after that, uh, the Georgia, Georgia's offense picked on our backup linebackers um, as they should have. Uh, not, not to say that our starting linebackers could have covered Brock Bowers any better, but um, Damani Staley, uh, Sherrod Green's replacement, got picked on in coverage a decent amount. He's a kind of a stockier, slower guy than Sherrod Green is, so he, he was kind of having trouble keeping up with the speed. Um, I thought our line played well um, throughout the whole game. I thought, you know, I thought they played about how you would have expected them to play. Um, good, not elite, um, but but solid. Um, but, yeah, Georgia beat us with a deep ball pretty early and often, and that continued through the whole game. Um, early, They ran some early screens, and then um, they were able to take the top off because our, our safeties and corners kept biting on – on the short routes because they kept um, kind of destroying us with those. So, um, interestingly, Devinny, I don't know what you thought about this, but they put Stetson in this the third drive of the game um, after I, you know, JT threw two touchdowns in the first two drives. Uh, they decided to put Stetson in and on his first throw. He throws a pick. Um, yeah, we everyone. Actually, um, sorry to cut you off, but everyone yeah. in the stands thought it was still JT that I was sitting next to. And I was the only one that I was sitting around and I noticed it was Stetson and he threw a pick and I was screaming, why the fuck are you running in right there? <laughs> like freaking out. 
Yeah. Everybody's but, like, oh, that was Stetson. I was like, yeah, you dumb motherfuckers. Yeah, but <laughs> but uh, you know, we I got the ball. <laughs> we, we got the ball in the uh, in the red zone right there, and we couldn't figure out how to put it in the end zone. We had some dumb um, clock management stuff go on, and twelve man in the huddle, just dumb penalties, and we had to settle for a field goal there. Um, so you know, second quarter again. Uh, beat us over the top. Donnie Mitchell, that freshman, he looked good all night. Uh, seemed like our corners and safeties were just chasing him all night pretty much. Um, but, I mean, 21 to 6. I thought we were going going to go into half 21 to 6. Uh, Georgia punted. We got the ball at the one-yard line. And uh, they decided to do max protect, send two-man deep route, and take a shot. Um, and that, you know, resulted in a safety. I don't know why Shane Beamer came out and he was like, I told, I told Satterfield to take a shot there. That's my fault. But ended up giving Georgia that two points and then had to punt it back to him. They quickly went downfield and got into field goal range. So we kind of gave them five unnecessary points, which I mean, for a game like this to stay in it, you can't, you can't just give them points. Um, and then that kind of decline of South Carolina's momentum kept going on. First drive of the, of the second half, Doty throws a ball, throws a short screen to Kevin Harris, bounced off his hands. It wasn't a great pass. Um, it hit him in the hands. It was, it was a bad play both ways, but ended up in um, – I think that was Darion Kendrick that picked that off, actually, funny enough, funnily, funnily enough. Um, but, you know, that ended in, in a touchdown. And then the next drive, we fumbled. They got it back. They ended in another touchdown. So, I mean, it quickly went from – a two possession game going into half to, you know, 40 to six. Um, then going into the fourth quarter, you know, I mean, by that point, both teams were rotating a lot, um, especially on defense. Um, Josh Van got a nice deep ball from Luke Doty, scored the first touchdown on Georgia of the season. And that's pretty much um, how the game ended for the most part. Um, let's see, I'm gonna look through my notes. Um. Yeah, dude, our our O line was. I mean, US you expect them to be pretty bad, but it was just uh, just the trend of of the season. It just keeps keeps going. The O line can't figure it out. We we were rotating. Um, we were rotating our left guard and left tackle continuously throughout the game. Um. I mean, we couldn't get the ball to the tight ends. Uh, we need to get the ball to, to Jaheim Belmore for sure. Um, you know, I don't know. The running backs kind of go as the O-line goes. So, you know, if the O-line has a bad game, the running backs will too. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how many we how many yards we actually rushed for. Uh, 82. Went for 82 yards in the game. So that's nine not – Nine in the first half. Yeah, nine in the first half. So that's not what you want, especially for a team that really needs to establish the run. Um, but, you know, I mean, um, there's nine minutes left in the game, and the announcer said something that stuck out. He said there's no quit in the South Carolina team. Clearly outplayed, clearly outmanned. Uh, but here with nine minutes left, great effort, great physicality, and you can build on that. So, you know, you don't want to take too many moral victories out of a loss, especially a loss um, by 27 points. but I mean, it's true that the, the guys kept fighting, um, and hopefully we can build on that. I'm glad that Luke Doty's back in. I hate it for Seb, but um, I think it's what the team needed, honestly, for him to get back out there, even if it was against Georgia, and if even if he was getting pressured about 50% of the time. 
Um, but yeah, Divini, if you want to add anything. Um, yeah, uh, a shout out to the defense first. Uh, when Jacob was talking about that um, couple of plays uh, before the half ended, um, they really stepped up to the plate uh, with the safety and the pick. Um, you know, Nolan, also Nolan Smith had a career game. That's the best game I've ever seen him play. Uh, led the team in tackles. Um, yeah, he had eight. Um, yeah, he came around the corner on our left tackle and just destroyed Luke Doty, forced that fumble. Yeah, that was also another good play. Um, but he, he looked well all night. Um, you know, obviously, defensive line has been looking good, so we kind of expected it, but it was also fun to see again. Um, not much to do. Uh, I would say the difference is um, this year in the defense is we are – you know, scoring points and creating better opportunities for the offense. Um, we've had a turnover every game so far, um, put our offense in great field position. Um, so that helps them out a lot. Offense-wise, um, I was I was glad I saw the running backs run more um, patiently. Uh, they weren't just diving through the hole that the – the run was supposed to go through, you know, they're waiting for their blocks to set up and then they're attacking the, the gap. Um, they're running, they ran the ball a lot better this game than they have all year. Um, so I was happy to see that. And uh, explosive plays, man. Um, Munkin is dialing them up this year, even with, you know, two or three of our starters out. Um, since before yeah, this I mean, run. yeah, you got to think that this Georgia team is still without George Pickens, um, Darnell Washington, you know, a bunch of guys that could really help that offense. And they're still yeah. playing like they are right now. And Dominic Blaylock, I'm excited for him to get back. He might get some uh, snaps this weekend in Vandy. Um, I'm not too sure yet, though. Um, but just as far as the offense goes, um, so far in the season, we're averaging a nine and a half yards per pass attempt, which is the most since Aaron Murray was there. Um, averaging 280 yards a game in the air, um, which is the most since 2013. Averaging four and a half yards per rush, um, which is actually eighth in the SEC. Um, but against South Carolina, we averaged 5.9, and that's where we were when Chubb and Sony were there. So against South Carolina, we kind of got back to the uh, – Run game that Georgia's known for um, and dialed up some really good uh, passing plays. Um, I mean, overall, it was a good game on both sides. I, you know, penalties um, were obviously a little more than wanted, um, but none to me were, you know, big penalties, which means like the team, uh, you know, the team, other team benefited from it or whatnot. Um, but in two of those pass plays, the first one to uh, Jermaine Burton when he was wide open, and then the other one to Adoni Mitchell, um, that was the same play, uh, just dressed up differently. It was yeah, it's a it was a little bubble screen to the running back. Y'all kind of like motion guys over there look like they're about to go out and block, and then at least yeah. Jermaine Burton he just took off, and Cam Smith was a guy covering him. He stepped, he took one step up, and Jermaine was past him. Yeah, and. You know, it was funny because you can tell um, they watched film because that 
uh, we ran that same play against UAB, but the safety took Jermaine uh, deep. And that's why um, Brock Bowers is wide open down the uh, sideline and scored. And we ran that same thing out, same exact play against y'all. And that's why the safety crept up to get Bowers. Yeah. And left Jermaine wide one open. One on one. Yeah. yeah. It just took one false step from the, from Cam Smith and he was gone. Yeah. Um, but I mean, game went kind of as you would expect, wouldn't you think? Yeah. For the most part. Wasn't, wasn't anything crazy. Nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, everybody. Yeah. I mean, what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I was. I'm glad that Josh Van is is definitely kind of our number one receiver. Um, can't go without mentioning Jalen Brooks catched on the sideline, even if it was you know late in the game. And uh, I think it was on probably y'all's third string cornerback, but I mean that's still a hell of a catch. Um, it was on Kamari Lassiter, but yeah, that was still. It doesn't matter who's covering. That's a hell of a catch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, uh, we won the turnover battle actually. Um, Jalen Foster got two interceptions Two, I mean, one of the interceptions and, uh, the fumble were kind of in, in shit time for the most part. I mean, the whole second half was pretty much shit time. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, again, I think the defense played well. Our, our secondary was not ready for the speed of Georgia's out of Georgia's receivers and tight ends. Just, um, obviously huge step up from who they played this season so far. So I just don't think they were ready for that. Um, but yeah, something to build on going into next week. And, you know, you know what they say, good teams win, but great teams cover and the Gamecocks did cover the spread. So uh, one more thing to say about, uh, JT and the offense before, uh, we let Sam and Sid recap their game real quick. Um, going into the game, South Carolina, um, was the best, uh, had the best third down, um, defense, um, on paper going into this game, which I didn't know until like right before the game started. Um, but on third down, JT was seven for seven, 65 yards, a touchdown, 145 QBR. Yeah. Third so, down. Yeah. Third downs. That's a big problem with us this year is we keep putting ourselves in third and seven is in third and eights. And this team is just not built to like throw, throw on third and eights and third and tens and stuff like that. But I feel your pain, but yeah, I mean, we had we only had two third down conversions on us all season. That is against you know Eastern Illinois and East Carolina, but um, yeah, Georgia Georgia definitely changed that. Yeah, we went nine for twelve. Yeah, but all right, with that one um, done, Clemson Georgia Tech. This one was a little bit more interesting. Didn't go quite as anyone expected. I think. So go Sid, ahead. You can, uh, yeah, Sid, I'll let you. I'll <laughs> let you talk about this because I have more big picture concerns. I figure you'll probably recap the game. Yeah, um, it's going to be a weird one because we lost. Y'all won, but I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic, and you'll be pretty, uh, pretty down <laughs> right. in the dumps. That's kind of strange, but um, yeah, I was definitely shocked uh, to say we covered uh, a spread would be an understatement. Um, I really was expecting us just to be totally outmatched. I mean, if you look at their front, their front four, and even with how athletic all their linebackers, and then you have Skalski in the middle, who's just going to be wherever he needs to be, no, no matter what it is, he's going to be where he needs to be. So um, I, I do think we definitely were outmatched. 
we couldn't run the ball very well. We struggled to get Jameer in space, but we had a very good offensive game plan. Um, in the years past, we've come out there and tried to go, uh, you know, tempo, no huddle, go quick three and out, turn the ball over real quick. Um, we'd come out there, we huddled, and um, outside, I'd say the first quarter, we, we cut down on the penalties. I think that was obviously the first game a lot of those guys have played in in a really packed environment. Um, a, a lot, so, so many of those guys are young and they, with the COVID year last year and then that stadium, um, it's just different. So we had a lot of pre-snap penalties to start off. Um, I think offensive line, for the most part, did all right with what they were dealing with. Um, Jordan obviously didn't have a ton of time to sit back there in the pocket. But um, for the most part, I mean, we had five guys that graded out pretty well. It's not consistently the five guys starting, and I'm not sure why. And our best guard from last year is are by far and away the worst performing offensive linemen we have right now. So that's really frustrating. Um, there were a few things that could have gone our way that, that didn't. Um, I definitely think we were in a position where we could have won the game to sit here and say we should have won that game. I'm not going to say because – I mean, we're clearly not the better team. Um, I think that was a little bit of Clemson playing down to their level. But for the Clemson offensive side of the ball, just from what I noticed and listening to Dabo, like Dabo says, we come out in a different thing, uh, different formation than they've ever seen from us. We were in like what he called a odd double cloud. So basically we were a three, three, five, just kind of mixing up what's really like a cover six coverage where you have the corners up on the receivers and then you're overhanging the safeties. It's kind of um, sick. And you, yeah, and you play zone. And it it works if your guys are disciplined and, and you have really athletic linebackers. I don't think we really have that at the linebacker position. Um, we've definitely not had the depth to do that in the past. Like last year, there's no way we could have done that. But for the most part, I, I mean, our, our guys handled it well. We, we'd flip up between that cover six and then we'd go man coverage and kind of change things up. So we were just trying to keep everything between the hashes and then everything up the seam for DJ when it comes to throwing downfield. And there were times when the, the, the throw was there, the guys were open, and DJ just missed it. So um, some of it had to do with what he was seeing, and I think some of it had to do with just his inability to throw the ball downfield. I thought that was a little weird. Um, other than one drive, we really stuffed the run pretty well. Um, Shipley's a hard runner. He keeps his feet moving. He's just got a thick lower half, and he kind of tucks behind guys. And he's greasy. Cool. Yeah, he's, he's slimy. He's tough to <laughs> grab onto. He hadn't showered since – he uh, graduated high school and, um, you know, but I mean, for move-in day and that's, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was surprised to see him out there in some new cleats. I thought he'd be wearing some from the eighth grade, but um, he, uh, he ran hard. Uh, other than that, none of the other running backs really were able to do much. Linda, Dylan J. Dixon uh, was going backwards more than he was going forward for the most, uh, most part of the night. Uh, Kobe Hayes, Pace had one or two tough runs. Um, he's a tough runner, but for the most part, I was really impressed with our defense. Zeke Biggers, um, he was a problem, and a couple of plays that he was in. I think we got to get him more snaps, just get get him involved more. But uh, really, to to me, the most effective player we had on the field uh, on the D line was Jared Ivy. I went back and watched and watched a lot of the play breakdowns, and he was just so disruptive. He he gets skinny when he has to, gets in between guys, stuff uh, uh, stuffs the line. And then there are a few plays where he's, you know, putting a move on a tackle, getting inside and stopping the run. So I was really impressed with him. They get, did a good job getting him there, getting some weight on him, coaching him up. Um, and then I think by far the best player on the field on both sides and 
Um, it's, it was set on the game cast, and in my opinion, it was Charlie Thomas. Um, yep, big game. He was everywhere. He was – I mean, there were a few plays on Shipley or one play on Shipley and one play on Kobe Pace where he tackled him one-handed, just yanked him straight to the ground. I mean, he was physical. Um, he was reading all the right keys. He looked like a legit linebacker out there. So, that yeah, was – bro, there's, there's one play that he just, like, grabbed – I forget who it was, just grabbed his yep. back and somehow tackled him. Like, didn't grab his horse collar or anything, just, like, just grabbed his back him. somehow. And just, and just yanked just him down. That was Lin Jay, I think. I, I think it was I either Lin Jay was... or – I think it was Kobe Pace, to be honest with you. It was like a little dump pass off to the side. But it might have been Lin Jay. I don't, I don't remember. But either way, I mean, open field. I mean, you could see when you go back and watch it, he, he makes the right read, recognizes it right away, so you can tell he's prepared for that, and he went and made a play. In the past, that's that's kind of thing where a guy's getting shook and getting 10, 15 yards on us. So uh, I think the game plan was to limit big plays. We did that. Their biggest play was 17 yards, I believe, which against Clemson, that's really tough to do. Other than this year, I know they're not very explosive at the moment, but in the in years past, we, we give up a lot of big plays, and that's hard to get any type of momentum in a game. So I think we wanted to limit big plays. We did it. Um, gave up two touchdowns which really not not bad in my opinion. I, I just – I felt really good about the defense, and I know, you know, Clemson fans and everybody else is just going to say Clemson's offense is not that good. But, um, I mean, if you if you just look at the athletes and the mismatches out there, I, I think Clemson should be able to score more points on us, just athleticism and, and physical dominance alone. So um, I, I was impressed by the, our staff's ability. To, to prepare. They said it's been something we've been running that 335 to get ready since spring ball. We've been trying to install it. We haven't had the faith, the confidence to, to run it out there. And I think we might have put a lot of importance on it. Maybe that's kind of why we weren't prepared for Northern Illinois. I think this was a big one that the staff wanted to go out there and look good. So it could have bit us uh, in the ass a little bit there, but they were prepared. So, um, and the last thing I want to touch on is Jordan Yates. Wow. He didn't necessarily grade out that high, and he didn't make a ton of splash plays. He's just such a gamer. Um, in every moment, he takes care of the ball. Like to have zero turnovers in as many games as he's played so far, uh, two games, two and a half games, um, zero turnovers. He doesn't put the ball in jeopardy very much. He's just very headsy. Um, there'd be like times where he holds on the ball too much, and you'd like to see him let it go. But in a game against Clemson. Don't put yourself out of the game. And that's that's what he did. He kept us in the game. Um, there were a couple of plays where he's scrambling on the last drive. He knew he had to get out of bounds. He dives from five feet out of in the play or in the field, dives out of bounds, gets out of bounds. Um, there was just uh, a play where he got knocked out uh, or got uh, a rough in the passer and his helmet was coming off. And me and Jacob were watching. That's what I was court. about to say. Yeah. He got freaking lit up. And as his helmet's coming off, he snags it and puts it back on so he doesn't have to come out of the game. Knowing the situation, we're probably not going to put Jeff. He's just a dude, just a gamer, just a gamer. So, um, I, I think obviously he's really young in his playing career. So I think some of the big plays, some of the, you know, he hurt us in a few of those um, intentional grounding penalties. Which one of them wasn't? The ball was tipped by Byron Bassey. So that's not intentional grounding. They call it anyways. Tough call, but hey. Uh, it is what it is. So he's got to cut back on some of those things, um, know when to get rid of the ball. But other than that, I, I would much rather see that effort than going out there and making a splash play um, and then going out there and completing passes to Clemson's defensive backs, which I think 
we would uh, we would see from Jeff a little bit more in his mistakes. So um, tough one to lose. It was like I told Jacob, I was like, you know, like I was relaxed the whole game because I was expecting what to be what it was, what it what it should have been. And uh, then at the end of the game, I was sitting there, I was like, damn, you know, like we were a lot closer to winning that game than I than I've realized. And so it was a little frustrating to lose that game and play so well, but proud of the guys for, um, you know, I, I think we've played really solid football outside of the first two quarters at Northern Illinois. And it just, to be sitting here one and two after that, it's tough because I was really down about it, but maybe it's not as bad as we're thinking. Obviously, I, like I said, you know, Clemson's not Clemson of last year, but the athletes alone and the, the talent difference, I think, is still pretty drastic. So um, I, I would say we're in a pretty decent spot going into this North Carolina game this week. Yeah, I'm ditto on everything you said, because I feel like Tech <laughs> played really, really well. I mean, ultimately, like you said, I mean, the, the talent gap is – noticeable so the fact that you know your, your defense schemes up something to keep Clemson just completely inept the entire game um which you know good on y'all but on the flip side that's that's not what you want a two million dollar a year offensive coordinator to show um and something else I thought was interesting that was when he mentioned um that that cloud three front and uh, it's interesting because he said that Georgia Tech on film hadn't played it since the Central Florida game last year. Uh, so it was something that you really have almost no tape on. And that was because they're obviously a 10 personnel team. They're going four or five wide every play. Um, but towards the end of the regular season last year, Clemson saw another team go strictly in that 3-2-6 look where you have an extra safety who's kind of playing as that third linebacker. And that was Virginia Tech. Um, so just some quick stats on that one. In that game, obviously a 3-2 front. I mean, you're basically begging the offense to, th to run the ball. I mean, that's what it comes down to. you got six defensive backs on the field every snap. And if you can't run on that front, obviously you're not going to be able to throw. You're just, you're just outflanked in terms of numbers and the, the way the structure is going to set up. So they're running three high, taking away everything deep. They're, they're begging you to pop it up the middle. So when Virginia Tech did that last year, again, with an offensive line that I feel like is pretty comparable to what we had last year, um, we had 30 carries and gained 238 yards rushing. That's 7.9 a pop against Virginia Tech, running a front that says we're not going to let you throw the deep ball. We're going to make you run. Against Georgia Tech, you got 158 yards on 41 carries. That's less than four yards a carry. So the fact that Georgia Tech is sitting there saying, we're not going to let you throw it over our head, but we'll give you we'll give you five yards if you run it every single time. And the fact that we couldn't do it is very discouraging. Um, not to say that I expected our offensive line to win, but like I, I made the point last week where I felt like a lot of the, the defensive linemen Tech has are smaller, more athletic. And I felt like if there was a, you know, something that that we had that I felt like we could win against it would be tech defensive linemen obviously Zeke Biggers came in there and was able to to shut it down a little bit um on the drive where we decided we were going to hand the ball to Shipley seven consecutive times um DJ fumbling early in the fourth quarter when we were on about the 20 yard line inexcusable 
Um, the fact that he fumbled is a good segue into the fact that we currently lead the nation in fumbles. Uh, we fumbled 12 times in three games and wow. only lost two. Yeah. Damn. Um, there's only one other team in FBS football that has double-digit turnover fumbles, and that's Kentucky with 10. So we're uh, we're at least first in something offensively. <laughs> and um, I, I, I hate I hate ifs and buts, but if you I, I showed Jacob Wanye Thomas wide open run to the yep. end zone, and he just yep. uh, I was just like, my God, dude! But anyways, it's it's, it's, it's a big if. If the ball would have bounced the other direction, he's in the end zone. There's no oh, yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. But like I said, ifs and buts. I mean, they don't don't make a shit when it gets down to it. But still, it's still tough to watch that. Right. So I mean, I feel like there are, there are plays like that. If you go back and watch, there's there's a couple on our end that I feel like okay, well that that took points off the board. Obviously, I feel like on y'all's end, there's probably as many, if not more, you know, little things that kill a drive and you feel like that's that's going to take you out of smaglius range and and just little stuff like that where there's probably I, i'd say each each side probably had 10 points that left on the field yeah um, and and that's credit to ike miles murphy and and brian Bercy because they were just blowing up the back backfield on those negative plays that took us out of drives put us behind schedule right and that's i mean but that's what you expect from yeah. those guys that's as bad as the offense have been the defense have been has been the the total inverse I mean, you go three full games, haven't given up a touchdown yet. Um, this was the first game that Brent Venables has really schemed to put pressure on the teams, on the opponent. Um, and it was something that we really didn't do at all the first two games, which is kind of iffy. But, um, you know, I think as bad as the offense looks right now, having a defense that's good is at least going to keep us in every game. I don't think there's a team on the schedule that's going to, you know, run away with the game. But – it's to the point now where if we give up 20, I have absolutely no faith in us winning that football game, which is very strange to say. Um, but while I'm talking about the good stuff, um, Baylor Inspector, starting weak side linebacker, he uh, had a little flare up with his knee later in the week. Went, he was good in warm-ups, came out dressed, and they decided he couldn't go, or maybe he pulled himself out. But Levante Bentley, a guy that I talked about a ton at the end of last year, um, as one of those guys that because Skowski came back as a 19th year sophomore, um, it pretty much took his spot. So Bentley's a guy that I'm glad didn't transfer, um, but he finally got a chance. He started uh, just a, a casual game, 13 tackles. Um, as a defense, we had eight tackles for loss, four sacks, seven quarterback hurries. I mean, uh, just they do what you expected them to do. Um, but the offense – is a totally different story right now. Like I said, the fact that Georgia Tech is begging you to run the ball and you can't run is one thing. It'd be different if Georgia tried to do that with their three guys up front. No disrespect to Tech, but at the same time, you gotta you gotta there's think some, that you have you have more talent. Period. Um, there's no so, disrespect there. I mean, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, all them boys up front. I mean, that's a different right. different beast than what we're running out there. We're running guys that we've been trying to develop. I mean, they got the size, but you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. But yeah. And I think, you know, a win is a win. Ultimately it's ugly, but I would rather win that game and it'd be ugly and me feel bad about it than lose that game and me be on like calling the suicide hotline. Yeah. Cut that part out. We probably don't want to put that in there, but anyway, um, you know, 
so just some just some stats to illustrate how bad it's been. Most of these are from the ACC network site and David Hale on Twitter, which is a pretty good follow if you like the stats and stuff like that. Um, but total offense right now, averaging 322 yards a game. That is 114th in the country, dead last in the ACC. Passing 188, almost 189. That's good for 102nd in the country, third worst in the ACC. Running, obviously, if you take away the Georgia game, these stats are going to look a whole lot better, but that's <laughs> that's part of the calculation here. So 134 yards a game. That's 94th in the country, third worst in the ACC. And we're averaging 22 points a game against FBS opponents. We're averaging, <laughs> averaging eight and a half. That hey. is 106th in the country. <laughs> hey, but what's weird is y'all's average – points that you are giving up actually went up to four because we kicked two field goals. That's, that's impressive. Uh, like I said, if, but it if the defense is, if the defense isn't playing out of their mind right now, I mean, I, I, I really, I really don't know where we'd be or where we, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I could watch the games because watching our offense right now is really tough. We have zero passing touchdowns and two games against FBS opponents. Um, we're averaging, 3.75 yards a drop back. So that's including sacks. That's including ones where your quarterback scrambles. Um, that's second worst in power five behind Colorado. Uh, DJ is currently averaging five and a half yards an attempt. Worst in the ACC by a considerable margin. I think the next closest is about six and a half. Uh, we have 32 plays of 10 plus yards. Last in the ACC. Uh, juxtapose that with Virginia, who has, uh, I think, 60-something right now. So that's uh, that's not good. Your explosive play rate, which I think is a, a play of over 15 yards, is under 8%. It's like 7.5%, something like that. Um, the only two teams lower than us in Power 5 football are Vanderbilt and Rutgers. So right now you can compare our offense pretty closely to Vanderbilt, Rutgers, and Colorado. Hey, Rutgers <laughs> um, is undefeated, at least. They are. They are. I'll give them that, um, but just not the company you want to you want to keep when you're a perennial top five, top ten type team. Um, but I mean, ultimately, everything offensively just seems broken. The offensive line can't impose their will when they ought to be able to. You know, Tech drops back and says we're gonna we're gonna run this three deep zone and we're gonna give you the intermediate stuff if you can find it. Like Sid said, there were some plays to be had that we missed. I also felt like there were some plays to be had where I don't know if it's on the quarterback or on the receiver, but it just, everything looks so lackadaisical. Like there's no, there's no hurry. There's no urgency. It like, it, like it's almost like at, at a certain point, we're just going to hit like a 65 yard touchdown and everything is going to go back to normal. Well, the, um, the, the receivers look just visibly frustrated. Like you can just tell after oh. something, they ju they're just looking and they're like shaking their hands. Like, dude. So, yep. I, I mean, if, if it's a consensus that Engada um, Justin Ross, all of them, they just look so frustrated. I mean, I think it'd have to be on DJ's end, but you know, that's just me speculating from what I see. But yeah, it's, it's no, but I think, I think you're right though, because you look at game one, the entire game plan is we're not, we can't run on Georgia, so we're not even going to try. Uh, DJ is going to put the team on his back. And then the, you know, two games later, you decide, okay, well, we can't trust DJ at all. We're going to throw the ball 25 times and have none of them go more than 15 yards in the air. So you're, you're taking everything off of his plate 14 days later. 
Um, it just shows a lack of confidence in him. I think he lacks confidence in himself. So the game plan is probably just confirming, hey, man, yeah, we don't trust you either. <laughs> so I think ultimately you got to do what's right for the team, but you can't – you got to you got to give him a chance. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think I told, the biggest – You go ahead. Go ahead. I, I told Jacob it was weird watching it, and I said it earlier in our text thread, but it was like I was watching, like, Logan Thomas play for a minute. Like, I – I, we've seen DJ be a better quarterback, but I, I kept looking for y'all to rotate in your quarterback that throws the ball downfield. We just kept seeing so much QB power and stuff. It's just like that's immediately thinking Tony Elliott's thinking, all right, we just we just got to ground and pound it with DJ because we're, we're not going to take the chance on him throwing it again. I don't know. It was just very strange to watch. It, it was a weird vibe to see from y'all's offense that I've been so used to seeing. It's um, it's interesting. I've had some issues with our scheme, and I talked about that a little bit last year at times where I just felt like things were out of sync and we needed something different. Uh, but right now, I don't know if we have anything different. I don't think the effort is the problem. I think it's just, this is, we're just not very good. Yeah. Not to say that 14 points against tech is our best, but I, I just don't know how many 30 point games we've got in us, if that makes any sense. So yeah. we can't run the ball. Our quarterback is obviously showing that pre-snap he's confused post-snap. He's either confused or he's not delivering the football. So there's, there's, you know, something's got to change. I just don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I, but I, I think you. I have a few it, stats here that I, f I forgot to throw out that I think are a little bit concerning on y'all's end on offense because just how dominant y'all been. But the 14 points y'all scored this this past week was the lowest in an ACC game since 2014 when we held y'all to six. But that was because Deshaun Watson got out of the game. Um, right. Yeah, this team reminds me a lot of the 2014 team. Our defensive line on, in 2014 was, I mean, just some dogs. Whole defense, dogs. Offense, yeah. you're transitioning with – you got a little Cole Stout, you got a little bit of Deshaun, and it just looks completely discombobulated. Um, yeah. So that's – Y'all hadn't had scored less than 20 points in an ACC game since then. Yep. And then uh, y'all scored – y'all ran for – or y'all – Gained 285 yards of total offense. Um, that was also the fewest yards since that game. But y'all had been – let's see, we outgained y'all 309 to 285. Over the last six meetings between us two, y'all had outgained us on an average of 532 to 214. 532 yards to 214. I mean, yep. that's just straight dominance over the last six years, and all of a sudden one year you can't get over the 300 mark. It's just – I don't know. Like you said, it's, it's it's baffling. I expect a regression, but this is more than I could have ever imagined. But yeah. there's a game on Saturday. On to something yeah. happier. Yeah. Hey, yep. and you came out of there with a win, with a win. So I mean, that's right.